Welcome to More Than Medicine, where Jesus is more than enough for the ills that plague our culture and our country. Hosted by author and physician, Dr. Robert Jackson. Papa, can you tell me a story? Do you really want me to tell you a story? (laughs) Well, you go get your brother and your sisters and I will tell you a story. Welcome to Devotions with Dr. Papa. Gather round, grab your Bible, and let's look into the written Word, which reveals to us the living Word, which is our Lord Jesus Christ. You will remember that we have been looking at the upside-down house for the last several weeks. The upside-down house reveals the upside-down values and principles of the kingdom of God, which are the very opposite of the values of the kingdom of this world. We understand that when your life and your household are operated by the values of the kingdom of God, it will be antithetical. It will be opposite to your neighbor's house and your neighbor's life who may not be a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. And if your lost neighbor is operating by the values of the kingdom of this world, well, compared to all the other lost people in your community, his house will be considered a right-side-up house. But if you're the only believer in your neighborhood or in your community who chooses to live his life by the values of the kingdom of God, well, you'll be the odd man out. Your house will be an upside-down house. Your life will be an upside-down house house. Well, consider this. If you remember a couple weeks ago, we started with this verse where Jesus said to us, you've heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Now you understand clearly that that's an upside down value compared to the values and principles, the way of life of this world. But Jesus went on from that verse, and he says this, If your right eye makes you stumble, tear it out and throw it from you. For it is better for you to lose one of the parts of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. If your right hand makes you stumble, cut it off and throw it from you. For it is better for you to lose one of the parts of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. Now, I want you to remember those last two verses as we look at a message that I call Reading the Menu. And this message describes some very upside-down values. Rodney was a retired firefighter who visited my office every three to four months for the management of his blood pressure, blood sugar, cholesterol, and wait. I did the best I could, but he didn't help very much. He was a non-compliant patient. He weighed in at 270 pounds on his 5 foot 10 inch frame, which should have accommodated a maximum of 190 pounds. His blood sugar usually ran around 250 to 300, with a normal blood sugar being less than 110. His cholesterol was 250, and his blood sugar usually I'm sorry, blood pressure usually around 170 over 100. 
He was always on a diet, or so he said. Rodney, your blood sugar today is just over 350. That's even high for you. Well, Doc, I have to admit, after supper at the fish camp last night, I got to reading the dessert menu. I think I lingered over that menu way too long because I got a serious craving for a double chocolate brownie with chocolate syrup and vanilla ice cream. My wife gave me the stink eye, but I ordered it anyway. What's even worse, I knew I was coming to see you today. I knew better, Doc, but after I stared at those dessert pictures so long, I couldn't help myself. I just gave in. That wasn't the only time I had that conversation with Rodney. Even after he developed a diabetic foot ulcer that wouldn't heal, and he ended up with his big toe being amputated due to osteomyelitis. That's an infection in the bone. He never changed his self-destructive ways. He was admitted, I'm sorry, he was addicted to food and lots of it. He had no resistance to temptation and didn't even try to avoid the all-you-can-eat buffets in town. Rodney should have enjoyed his retirement with his family for many years. Instead, he died prematurely on dialysis, brought on by uncontrolled diabetes and hypertension. Sadly, I have many patients just like Rodney in my medical practice. Now, consider Marvin, another patient of mine with whom I was conversing at a local mall one Saturday evening while our wives were shopping. As husbands do, we sat on the benches in the middle of the causeway, grumbling about having to wait so long on our wives. What in the world could she be doing in there for so long? Marvin asked with exasperation. I know, I know. How long can it possibly take to buy a pair of shoes? I said, sharing in his frustration. I think I'm going to take her deer hunting with me next time I go and make her sit in the truck the entire time I am in the woods and have to wait for me to come out, he grumbled. I looked at Marvin with a smile and said, fair is fair. That is a brilliant idea. We sat there in silence until a very attractive and much younger woman walked by in tight jeans and a tank top. Marvin's eyes bugged out and he stared at her all the way down the causeway. He looked back at me with intensity and asked, Did you see that? Marvin, I did, but I'll tell you a secret. I can't stop a bird from flying over my head, but I don't have to let it build a a nest in my hair. What the heck do you mean by that? Well, I can't stop a temptation from coming into my heart, but I don't have to allow it to build a nest in my heart. You and I cannot stop temptations from coming our way, but we don't have to allow them to find a place in our hearts. Marvin looked at me quizzically for a moment, and then he said, Oh, I get it. Doc, don't worry about me. I may be an old guy, but I still like to read the menu. I'm just not ordering any takeout. Well, that sounded real cute, except that Marvin's wife came home early one day and caught him in bed with a 40-year-old woman who could have been his daughter, who had moved into their neighborhood a few houses down the street. He had lingered over the menu too long and ordered up a double helping of sexual infidelity. 
when Marvin should have been enjoying retirement with his family, he was divorced and living alone. None of his children or grandchildren would speak to him or have anything to do with him, and his 40-year-old girlfriend had moved out of the neighborhood. Sadly, I have many patients like Marvin in my medical practice who linger too long over the menu. Now let's talk a little bit about drastic measures. What could have been done for Rodney and Marvin? It doesn't really matter what menu my patients are reading from. It doesn't matter what their particular sin issue is. The treatment plan is going to basically be the same. The treatment plan will require drastic measures. In Matthew 5, 29 to 30, the scripture that we read at the beginning, Jesus told the gathered crowd, If your right eye makes you stumble, tear it out and throw it from you. For it is better for you that one of the parts of your body perish than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand makes you stumble, cut it off and throw it from you. For it is better for you that one of the parts of your body perish than for your whole body to go into hell. Was Jesus advocating self-mutilation? <laughs> no, of course not. He was advocating that we do whatever it takes to preserve moral purity, even if it takes drastic measures. Now, I had a patient and a personal friend many years ago who had a severe colitis. The inflammation in his colon caused him to have bloody diarrhea 10 times a day. And it was so severe that it caused him to be severely anemic, severely weak, unable to eat, and he was actually near death when the surgeons finally made an accurate diagnosis. The surgeon came into him and looked at him and said, Sir, we're going to have to take out your entire colon, and you will be left with a colostomy. If you don't choose this option, you will most certainly die. My friend from his deathbed was so weak that all he could do was nod and sign a consent form allowing them to take out his colon and provide for him. Really, it was an ileostomy, not a colostomy. Well, that was a drastic measure, but it was a life-saving measure. And my friend today lives a healthy life with an ileostomy. He is hard-working, tax-paying, and thriving. But you must understand that it was a drastic measure that saved his life and kept him out of the grave. Trust me, it takes drastic measures for my patients, like Rodney, to overcome their food addiction and bring blood pressure, blood sugar, and cholesterol under control. I will often put my patients on a fruit and vegetable diet, drinking water only for 90 days. And I make them accountable to me every two weeks until their blood tests come under control. If they are compliant, the results are often spectacular. They will often lose 30 to 40 pounds during that 90-day interval. Their lab, lab tests will improve dramatically, and they feel considerably better. The only problem is no one wants to stay on that kind of diet long term, even though it works quite well. Why? It's a drastic measure. Will something like that work 
for our spiritual issues, for our sin issues? (laughs) Well, it certainly does. I often refer my alcohol and drug-addicted patients to a program run by Faith Home in Cowpen, South Carolina, and Greenwood, South Carolina. My patients willingly go there, even though it's a drastic measure because they know they must make a drastic change in their lifestyle, or they will most certainly die, or end up in jail, or lose their jobs and their families. For 90 days, they have little or no contact with family and no contact with former drug or drinking associates. They pray and attend chapel. They pray and read God's Word. They pray and work. They pray and fast. They attend counseling and pray some more. They are accountable to the staff and to each other. Many of them, but sadly not all, are completely transformed by the grace of God and never go back to their old way of life. It's an amazing process to watch, but it requires drastic measures. Now, let's talk about some practical measures, not so drastic. Not all of my patients need to go on such a strict diet or to a a boot camp to overcome the sin issues of their lives. But there are some practical measures that we all can follow to avoid becoming like Rodney or Marvin. You don't even have to pluck out your eye or cut off your hand. For example, number one, don't linger over the menu. The Bible puts it another way. In Romans 13 verse 14, the Bible says, Make no provision for the flesh in regards to its lust." Make no provision for the lower nature in regards to its inordinate desires. You see, if Rodney had not looked repeatedly at the dessert menu, he wouldn't have given in to his physical cravings, and he wouldn't have had such elevated blood sugar. If Marvin hadn't longingly looked at forbidden fruit in the mall and in his neighborhood, he wouldn't have fallen into sexual sin. Understand clearly, These complications of life start in the heart with uncontrolled desires. James, the half-brother of Jesus, called these uncontrolled desires lusts that lead to sin, that in turn lead to death. This is how James put it. When lust has conceived, it gives birth to sin. When sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. For Rodney, it was actually a physical death. For Marvin, it was the death of a marriage. Where did it all start? With an unbridled desire in their hearts, for which they made a provision that then led to a death. Lust leads to sin, which then leads to death. Lingering over the menu will inevitably lead to this fatal progression. Number two, another practical uh, recommendation. Be accountable. The Bible says that iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Both my overweight patients and my drug-addicted patients prosper if they submit themselves to strong, unrelenting accountability, like Weight Watchers, Alcoholics Anonymous, or Faith Home. This requires humility that most of us simply don't possess. 
we have to come to a place where we can say, my name is blank, and I have a sin problem that I cannot overcome. I need help. Most of us are too proud to admit that, or too proud to submit to any kind of accountability. The Bible says that God is opposed to to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. That's why so many Christians fall into serious sin, shame, and paralysis, the lack of accountability. My recommendation is for you to find a partner who loves you unconditionally, who will keep your confidence and help you keep your promises to God, to yourself, and to your family. After all, that's what accountability is, helping us to keep our promises to God, to ourselves, and to our family. My second recommendation is be accountable and find an accountability partner. Number three, worship God personally and corporately. There's a supernatural benefit when you and I worship God. Understand, though, worship doesn't come to us naturally, but it is our automatic response when we see God face-to-face. Every Old Testament character who came face-to-face with the angel of the Lord, which is believed to be a pre-incarnate manifestation of Jesus Christ, they found themselves face down on the ground worshiping God. That is the impact of a personal encounter with God Himself. For example, consider Isaiah's encounter with God in Isaiah chapter 6. In the year of King Uzziah's death, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, lofty and exalted, with the train of His robe filling the temple. Isaiah responded to this vision of God with confession of his sin, saying, Woe is me, for I am ruined, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people with unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Ultimately, God cleaned him, cleansed him with a coal from the altar, calling him into service. And Isaiah responded in obedience, saying, Here I am, send me. These eight verses are among the most powerful in the entire scriptures. This encounter with God transformed Isaiah's entire life. That begs the question, where do you and I encounter God? Where else but in the pages of Scripture, on our bended knees, in our prayer closet, where God reveals Himself to us and we see Him clearly? Just like the Old Testament and New Testament characters, our automatic response will be genuine worship. Our sincere desires to confess His worth and to submit to His Lordship over our lives. And that individual and corporate worship protects you and me from sin and from drifting. Number four practical measure. Practice the basic disciplines of the faith. As I counsel with my patients regarding their emotional, family, and marriage issues, I often discover they are not practicing the basic disciplines of the Christian life. I promise you, it's pert near impossible. 
for them to apply the biblical principles of life that I share with them if they are not abiding in the Word, praying daily, or fellowshipping with Christian people regularly. By His Spirit, God confers grace and spiritual strength to us, but only when we do our part by practicing the fundamental disciplines of the faith. Some of my patients will immediately begin to read the Word and pray and go to church and confess their sin and submit to Holy Spirit when I admonish them to do so. The application of biblical principles in their lives becomes easy as they begin to obey God. The peace of God floods their heart, replacing anxiety and fear. Their depressed mood is replaced with the eager anticipation of good things from the hand of God. Hope dispels despair. Broken relationships are often restored. Bitterness and unforgiveness melt away under the grace of God that becomes active in their lives. The total transformation is so apparent that sometimes I cannot even recognize the patients when they return to see me. Bedraggled and forlorn female patients return to see me with their hair all fixed up, wearing makeup and an attractive dress. Unshaven and intoxicated men return to see me well-dressed, shaved, and sober, like the Gadarene demoniac whom the Bible said was fully clothed and in his right mind. The transformation is remarkable, all because they began to trust and obey. The fifth recommendation, a practical recommendation, is put on your humble shirt. A pastor friend and I were discussing a church staff member in town who had fallen into sexual sin. His sin had become public knowledge, and he had to resign from his church position. As we discussed his situation, my friend suddenly looked at me and said, His fall from grace scares me to death. It could just as easily have been me. I stared at him wide-eyed for a moment, shocked by such an honest confession. But then as I thought about it, I replied, Yeah, me too. And I trembled all over. King David was a man like you and me, who lingered too long over the menu. Well, what I really mean is he lingered too long at the window where he saw Bathsheba bathing on the rooftop. King David was a God-fearing man, and he knew better. He was a God-worshipper. He was the psalm writer of Israel, the man after God's own heart. Yet he gave into temptation after he lingered too long over the menu. Because he was the king, he decided he was above the law of Moses that proscribed adultery. His pride and arrogance sent him down the path of sexual sin, then conspiracy, and then murder. Trust me when I say this. Royalty sins in the same ugly way as the common folk do. I was in an assembly of 800 men once when the speaker had us all look at the man on the right and say, you are just one step away from sin. Then he had us look at the man on the left and say, you are just one step away from sin. We all laughed nervously because we knew it was true. We were all one proud step away from a life-destroying, reputation 
crumbling, sinful choice. It was a sobering moment that has stayed with me ever since. It is pride that makes us think we can choose sin without consequences. How foolish we are. That's why I say, put your humble shirt on every day. Genuine humility steers us away from prideful arrogance that chooses our way over God's way. Isaiah put it this way, To this one I will look, to him who is humble and contrite of spirit, and who trembles at my word. There is a huge life-changing difference between lingering over the menu and trembling at God's word. Please ponder that long and hard. That life-changing difference causes us to pursue the upside-down values of the kingdom of God, even if it requires drastic measures. Well, you're listening to Two Devotions with Dr. Papa. I'm your host, Dr. Robert Jackson. If you like what you hear, I trust that you will like, follow, or share. Please tell your friends about Devotions with Dr. Papa, and I trust that the Lord will bless you real good. Now, I know that it's Christmas time, and I know that many of you are contemplating Christmas presents, and I would encourage you to visit Jackson Family Ministry website and take a look at the books that we have published. I have four books there that are perfect Christmas presents for the friends in your family. The first one is The Family Doctor Speaks, The Truth About Life, uh, a book about my personal pro-life journey. The second one is The Family Doctor Speaks, The Truth About Seed Planting, Equipping Believers for Evangelism, with lots and lots of stories of myself sharing the gospel in my medical practice and on the mission field, and the principles uh, of the scripture regarding how to share the gospel effectively. The third book is The Family Doctor Speaks, Turkey Tales and Bible Truths, which is a book about deer and turkey hunting, which are some of my favorite avocations. But each chapter segues immediately into Bible teaching that men and women will enjoy. My fourth book was just published a couple of months ago. It's a biography about my father entitled On Laughter Silvered Wings. And if you have a man in your life who uh, is aspiring to be a God-fearing Christian man or Christian husband, or if he's been in the military or uh, is a, a Christian social activist, he will thoroughly enjoy my father's biography. All of these can be obtained by visiting Jackson Family Ministry. Uh, the cost of the books are listed there. We'll be glad to mail you a copy, or you can obtain them at uh, Amazon uh, and just look up the title of the books or my name. Thank you very kindly, and Merry Christmas to you and your family. Thank you for listening to this edition of More Than Medicine. For more information about the Jackson Family Ministry, Dr. Jackson's books, or to schedule a speaking engagement, go to their Facebook page, Instagram, or their webpage at jacksonfamilyministry.com. This podcast is produced by Bob Sloan Audio Production at bobsloan.com.